The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the practice and value of building a community as a marketing channel. Joining us is Jacob Peters, who is the co-founder of Comsor. Comsor is a community control center that places powerful analytics, automations, and engagement tools for world-class communities focusing on B2B SaaS brands. So far this week, Jacob and I have talked about the value of owning and growing your community, how to set up your community for long-term success. And today we're going to talk about driving engagement and business results from your community. Okay, here's the last part of my conversation with Jacob Peters, co-founder of Comsor. Jacob, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Ben. Glad to be here. Excited to have you back on the show. This week, we've been talking about why you should grow a community, how you can think about getting people that are interested in your brands, products, services, content together in a room, what's some of the value of that, and also some of the dynamics of actually getting them into the same place at the same time. It's great to onboard people. It's great to put them on a path towards engagement. Talk to me about keeping engagement levels high when you're in a community, and then how do you convert that engagement into actual business results? Let's start off at the beginning, not just onboarding and teaching people your traditions. How do you keep them engaged with your community? So we touched on this a bit in the last podcast, but one of the main things is consistency and tradition. There's a big misconception that if you stick a bunch of people in a room or stick a bunch of people in a virtual setting or virtual event or a Slack community, for example, that engagement is just going to happen. And oftentimes, the community manager, the community leader has to be the one to stoke the fire and to start the initial conversation. There's actually a famous example of this from the early days of Reddit, where the co-founders actually had to create fake accounts to stir up engagement among early community members because there just wasn't enough conversation going on organically. So they kind of had to jumpstart things. I'm sure the VCs love that and how much of their metrics was actually faked and spammed. Exactly. But I think the takeaway there is not to create fake accounts, but rather that the community managers have to be the ones to come up with the initial engagement and drive forward a content plan. So we always encourage community managers and community teams to do things like create a content schedule. It doesn't have to be fancy or sophisticated. It could be something as simple as a Notion document or an Excel spreadsheet or an Airtable doc of four or five different types of content, what dates you'd like to post that content to the community and just do it consistently. So in our community, for example, 
we have a question of the week that members can expect every single Thursday. And we have a whole list of about 100 questions that'll probably last us for the next two or three years, admittedly. But we took the time to plan that ahead of time. And it always makes for such an amazing conversation starter among our members. So my takeaway here is that as the community founder, you need to be seeding the community's conversation yourself. But you probably don't want to be the only person talking. How do you take advantage of your super users and get them to start conversations on their own? Well, the first step is recognizing that not everybody is going to be a super user. In community world, there's this phenomenon known as the 99-1 rule. Basically, it's this generally observable distribution of engagement across all communities. And in fact, you often see it sometimes in in-person events or you know people gathering in physical spaces like bars and stuff like that. And it basically means that 90% of the people are just going to passively observe, lurk, not really engage in the conversation. 9% of people are going to actually be engaging in conversation, talking, and then 1% of people are going to be driving the conversation. You know, those are the content creators. So it's 1% of the people are creating the content, 9% of the people are engaging with the content, and then 90% of the people or community members are really not doing too much at all other than lurking or passively observing. I think of a bar metaphor here, and it's 99% of the people are in a country bar to drink some Bud Light. 9% of the people are trying to pick up a date, and 1% of the people are riding the mechanical bull. That's a fantastic way to look at it. So the key then is zeroing in on the 9% of the people that are looking to get a date and the 1% of people that want to ride the mechanical bull and finding ways as a community manager to empower them. Empowering somebody riding mechanical bull at a bar might not be the metaphor we want to use, but we're going to roll with it anyway. Go on. <laughs> exactly. So empowering can come in many different shapes and forms, you know, number one of which is basically just recognition. So this can be something like a simple thank you. Like, hey, we've noticed that you are just doing a fantastic job of keeping the conversation going. We love the viewpoints that you share on a consistent basis. Please keep it up. Depending on the community tools and platforms that you're using, this could come in the form of something like a gold star or some sort of badge of recognition. You could send them swag if you have physical stickers or t-shirts and stuff like that. In the country bar example, I think it's a Jaeger bomb. Yeah, you could buy them a Jaeger bomb. Exactly. Tell me when the last time you heard Jaeger bomb was. It's been a while. <laughs> right. Or you can do something as simple as like, you know, starting a spotlight series where you maybe have a section of your blog or a section of your community website where it's just like, you know, the faces of your community where you elevate these people that have shown kind of a penchant to contribute, give them a platform, elevate them, make them feel special. Okay, so you're seeding the conversation yourself, you're figuring out who your super users are, you're giving them some recognition and maybe some incentives to continue to engage with the community. At some point here, there has to be some business results. You have to be able to not only create a community and get it up and running, but have it has some value. Talk to me about the different ways that brands are monetizing or making value out of their community. The first thing you need to do is think about the North Star for your community. And a lot of companies and organizations, they start a community and they're not really guided by a North Star strategic reason for the community existing. Like, yes, obviously you need to find a reason for, like, as we talked about in episode two, right? There needs to be a reason for people to gather. But on the flip side, there also needs to be a reason for the community to exist from a business perspective in the first place, right? So if you are starting a community for acquisition or for lead gen, you need to think about setting up certain metrics or KPIs like, hey, what are the number of community qualified leads that are in our community today that maybe aren't customers? So figuring out things like, okay, how many members are in our community that are not customers today, but might be good candidates for customers? Can we set things like 
thresholds of engagement to get an understanding of, you know, hey, when these community members hit certain criteria, it might make sense for us to find a subtle way to get them to potentially adopt our product or convert some way into the sales funnel. So if your community is a marketing initiative, you need to set up objectives around the number of community qualified leads that are in your community or the number of customers that had a community touch point or what we like to call like a community influence sale. Okay, so time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. We're talking about lead generation in this case. What's the body count? And can we attract people that could be customers into our community? What about moving people that are already prospective leads and getting them farther down the sales funnel? Is there a way to use your community to drive transaction volume? So you have to be very careful about this because the number one thing that is necessary for a community to exist, and if there's no trust, there's no community. And as we talked about earlier, people don't like to be sold to. So the second that you make a community feel transactional as opposed to value add, and you become overtly salesy or pushy, you have the danger of poisoning the well. So the way in which you think about converting or getting community members that might be prospects to adopt your product or think about your product has to be done in very subtle ways. I understand that you don't necessarily want to overtly sell when you are creating your community. You're not trying to bring people into the community to deliver them marketing messages. What are some of the ways that you can still derive value without directly selling to your community? One of the biggest ones is content. Community members generate a lot of content. If it's a digital community platform, they're constantly asking questions, they're helping one another, they're sharing like best practices and resources. I mean, that's all content that you can keep your pulse really close to and mine and it can help inform content that you're writing or you have the actually the ability to elevate community members and say, hey, we noticed that you wrote this amazing response to XYZ question. We'd love to feature it on our blog. Or, hey, we'd love to feature this in one of our upcoming campaigns. And it makes that community member feel special. It creates free content for you as the company or as the organization. 
And that content then has the ability to bring in more users either to the community or into your sales funnel. And then it also makes that community member develop an even deeper affinity with the community and just give them another reason why they might want to think about considering your product. Yeah, the other thing that occurs to me is that when you're onboarding members to your community, you mentioned before that there's the idea of having them fill out a form to collect information. When you're collecting that user information, that can help you build your lead funnel and that can help drive activity in your email outreach, some of your other marketing channels, drive people to webinars, the content that you mentioned as well. So I think that there's a couple other ways without actively selling to someone in your community to still engage with them and drive them into your sales funnel. Exactly. I guess another business reason for starting a community can be product feedback. So anytime you have community members in an industry or users of a product in a a centralized place where they can connect with one another, they're naturally going to talk about things that you probably never even thought about or considered, or they're going to share certain unique ways in which they're, they're using their product or wish they could use the product that you can then tap into to ultimately create a better product experience. That's one additional way in which companies can think about tying a community back to a business objective. It gives you a unique ability to observe the conversations of your existing or prospective customers and understand truly how they feel about your products or services without actively asking them about your products or services. Having other customers and other leads bring up your products in a natural conversation. Exactly. Nobody wants to fill out a survey, right? It really does shorten the feedback loop. Absolutely. Okay, Jacob, I appreciate you coming on the show and telling us all about community. As I mentioned at the top of our conversation, something that we're actively thinking about here on the MarTech podcast, you've been very influential in how we think about building community. Tell me a little bit about Comsor. I know that you're focused on B2B and enterprise. What is the reason why someone should use a community management platform as opposed to just creating a Slack channel on their own? There's a number of different trends that we're seeing in the world of B2B community building. And that's number one, community is no longer being looked at as a singular experience or a single platform. A lot of the biggest brands and the biggest companies are creating multi-channel experiences for the members. They're creating many different touch points and ways in which community members can interact. We're seeing an absolute explosion of new community tools. In fact, we actually just launched a blog post and we identified 240 different community tools that are out there. And the startling statistic is that you know two-thirds of them were created in the last two years or something like that. So there's a myriad of tools that people are using and essentially Comsor helps you evaluate who is active across the multiple different channels. Am I thinking about it correctly? Exactly. You can think about Comstore as your community operating system, essentially. So it's a centralized place to view a 360-degree view of all of your community members, who they are, what they care about, how they're interacting with you across different channels. And then ultimately, once you have that data, you have the ability to be data-driven and metrics-driven about your community. So if your community objective is to increase the retention of existing customers, if your community is to find community-qualified leads and prove that community is generating sales for your business. Or if the objective of your community is to measure the number of deflected customer support tickets as a result of people talking with one another on a forum, as opposed to dropping a support ticket. Regardless of the metric that you're trying to track, having that data in one place enables you to be more data-driven about community. Now, we're still in the very early innings of community for brands and B2B businesses. Most companies don't have a community today. The ones that do, by and large, it's generally one or two community managers or community professionals. There's very few enterprises out there that actually have full-scaled community teams. 
some big ones that come to mind are like the Zendesks, the Salesforces, and the Atlassians of the world. But we very much see a future where companies will have chief community officers and entire community teams and departments will be carved out as core functions within bigger businesses. And Comser will be the tool and system of record for all of those employees to use day to day. Jacob, I think that you're onto something. I think that community is going to be increasingly important as consumers want to be advertised to less. And there is sort of a, we've hit maximum content, driving engagement and staying in front of your consumers in a way that provides value to them is getting harder and harder. And community is one of the creative ways that brands can start to do that. Thanks for being our guest and uh, appreciate you coming on the show and talking to us about your work. Thanks, Ben. I had a ton of fun. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Jacob Peters, the co-founder of Comsor, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Jacob, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is at J underscore underscore C-U-B. It stands for Jacob. Or you could visit his company's website, which is Comsor.com, C-O-M-M-S-O-R.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You could subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.